former finance minister, uh, Stephen Joyce, is going to join us now, talk about collective bargaining and these national agreements. Hello there, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. G'day. How are you guys? Great, thank you. I read your story at the weekend with interest. <clears throat> we both did. Good. Yeah, it was, it was a really interesting piece and we've, it sparked an awful lot of discussion here. So what are you afraid of, Stephen? I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> well, aren't you the brave boy? <laughs> Doesn't surprise uh, us, mate. But I mean, one uh, of the things... No, what I mean, yeah, what yeah. I'm concerned about is um, is the potential for, um, particularly if you have national... Uh, it's it's nationalised wage bargaining or centralised wage bargaining. Mm, right. It doesn't take into account the um, the situation of each individual business. And whereas in the 70s you could make the argument that businesses were a lot more homogenous for a range of reasons, including sort of protected economy that New Zealand was in, um, nowadays most of the businesses that would, uh, not all, but most of the businesses that would um, would would be subject to the centralised wage bargaining would be what we call internationally exposed, which mm-hmm. is where they... Their pricing, you know, the, the the amount of money they receive for what they produce is determined by the international market, mm. not by the New Zealand market. Mm. You take manufacturing as the example that I put up in the article. Um, yeah, a lot of manufacturing in New Zealand used to be fairly similar stuff, but the story of New Zealand manufacturing now is a whole bunch of companies that have basically gone out into the world and are in individual niches. So you've got yeah. the, the fridge, the commercial fridge makers, or you've got the um, the freeze dryers makers and who are specialising in Marlborough or the or the people that make wine tanks and they've all got different markets and if they're all forced to take a, a national uh, wage then quite a, you know obviously some of them would be competitive at that level but a whole lot of them would be not competitive at that level yeah uh, because it doesn't reflect their their, their personal operating circumstances mm. now Stephen can, can we get this absolutely clear because we had a couple of uh, people from trade unions ringing up and they were under the impression talking about national wage bargaining, that if at least 10%, as you say in your article, 10% of employees or 1,000 workers, whichever is the least, decide they yes. want they want uh, national wage bargaining where the union concern can demonstrate they meet an undefined public interest test. Just so we're clear, so let's say that 10% of the employees of a firm, there's a firm employs 100 people, 10 of them say we want the uh, national wage bargaining. The other 90, 90 people in that firm even if they don't, even if they're not members of a union, are they still forced to be uh, bound. to have bound to have national wage bargaining? That's my understanding of it. That's how the government announced it. Yes, right. Okay. So that is a so that's a major that's difference. A big difference isn't yeah, it? yeah. Yes. That's and that's I think where I'm concerned about that because you know that seems a particularly low threshold, doesn't it? Ten percent. Well, it's a very low threshold. Um, so there's a whole question of you know, how democratic is that. Um, but at the moment, you, people have a choice. I mean, they can either choose to be part of the collective bargaining round, yep. or they can say, "Look, I'd prefer to make my own arrangements with right. um, with my employer." And I actually think, in this day and age, people having that choice is good because a lot of people are more independent and they like to, you know, make their own. It's just the way they feel about things. What about the argument, though, that Stephen, that some don't have that capacity? They're a bit timid. They're a bit shy. It's not in their nature, and they're just not going to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's why we have collective bargaining, as I said in the article. I'm, I'm not. I'm, it's not like I'm, I'm against collective bargaining. Collective bargaining, uh, for many people, is a good idea. Um, and exactly you know, those circumstances you talk about, uh, uh, those sorts of circumstances. I just think that there's two really big issues with this particular proposal. 
One is of doing it nationally um, uh, when you have such different businesses. Um, and effectively, the employer is no longer even involved in the bargaining process, which is, I just think, wrong. Um, so you know, many people's relationship with their staff is one of the key aspects of their business. They have a good relationship. They have a, right. um, that, you know, th- those things are absolutely crucial. And as you understand it, Stephen, a couple of union members rang up and said you can still, though, you can still argue at the moment for yourself in terms of long service leave or experience, and so therefore you can put that forth and say I deserve more on that. Is that your understanding of this well, new agreement? Yeah. Okay. So, you, but you, but you can't, you can't sit down and do your review and and um, and agree your pay rise. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen, just very quickly because we're virtually out of time, to a degree. Do you have concerns that this is basically compulsory trade union unionism by stealth? Well, I think it's more than by stealth. Uh, it, it's, it's, it, it effectively it does make it compulsory. Right. Uh, as soon as 10% of the people uh, in a workplace or in an industry or a thousand, whichever is less, um, say that this is what they want, then, then, then that's it. The employer is bound by it. Every other employee is bound by it. And instead of all those current different styles of um, employment relationships, which include some collective bargaining and some not, yeah. uh, it all goes to Wellington. Uh, the employer has to contract out to the employer's federation or something similar. Yes. Uh, the uh, the unions get together on, and if they can't if they can't agree it, it goes to the employment relations authority. Very good. Uh, so so it's you know it's this is this is a this is a a change of huge magnitude in the workplace. Yeah. Stephen, um, really, so. we're going to have to leave it, mate. But really good to get your Thank thoughts you. and expertise. Thank you so much for your time. I just worry for those. I worry for those companies and those people that, that work in those companies that that, that you know, like things the way they are, and I don't mm. see a groundswell for it.